The Stolen Maniple Podcast is a production of St. Augustine of Canterbury Church, a Roman Catholic community of the personal ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter, serving San Diego County, California. This episode features Father Samuel Keyes. Pentecost is the new birth of the church. Notice I don't simply say the birth, uh, although we will do a kind of little happy birthday thing in a later after mass. We have sparklers. It's exciting. Uh, but someone like St. Augustine of Hippo would argue that the church as the assembly of the faithful goes back to the very beginning of creation, tracing its way from Adam through Abraham and Jacob and Moses all the way up to Jesus and his apostles. And as a recent scholar like Henri de Lubac says, the church was Catholic even in the upper room on Holy Thursday. The reality was present even if it was not yet fully expressed. But there is at the same time something definitely new today. It's fitting that the Spirit chooses the sign of fire. For fire moves with a kind of unpredictable quickness and intensity, as we know well in Southern California. One moment, the church is a handful of disciples and the Lord's mother. By the end of the day, it is thousands of believers, each proclaiming the good news of God and forming new communities in light of that news. This event, this happening, is our heritage. The history of Revelation has, it turns out, a Trinitarian shape. Who is God? God is the one who came to dwell in his people at Pentecost, having first raised Jesus from the dead, having first raised Israel out of Egypt. Next week is Trinity Sunday, but for the moment we can just pause to say that the church's Trinitarian faith is shaped especially by these three moments in history in which we are confronted with the reality that God relates to us in distinct ways as Father, Son, and Spirit, not merely as some mythological trick, but because God in himself is these three relations. The Spirit is not simply the latest version of God. The Spirit is the Spirit of the Son. And the Son was sent by the Father. And they are all eternal and they are all one God, completely united. All of which is to say that Pentecost is of its nature something final and complete. Yes, there is more to history, but there cannot be more in a foundational sense to the revelation of God's own nature. For God has taken on our nature and then he has sent his spirit to dwell in our bodies as a temple. There is nothing new to reveal. There can only be the growth and maturity that comes from this fullness of revelation. Which is one way of getting at the incredible boldness of the apostles at Pentecost. You know, 2,000 years later, we, we may find ourselves a little jaded and complacent about this fact of revelation. And that gets to mainstream Catholic life in the 21st century. Yes, we believe that God is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that God the Son took on our nature and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and so on. But please, let's just get our little holy snack and get out of here before anyone notices and suggest that we might actually have to do something in light of that revelation. 
Why are Catholics so frightened of evangelism? For some, it's that they don't want to be like those people, you know, those evangelicals, or worse, the Mormons, who, who run around, you know, making fools of themselves, trying to invite people to their church. For some, it's that the Catholic faith is difficult, and our training and catechesis is poor, and so we don't feel equipped to talk about it. For some, maybe it's just that we've never actually met Jesus and made an intentional decision to follow him. For that last group, I just want to say quite directly, forget about preaching the good news. You need to understand first that Jesus loves you and wants to bring you into fellowship with the God who made you out of his own free goodness and love. The work of the church at Pentecost is not primarily some institutional renewal or advertising campaign that stems from a weekend of brainstorming about mission statements. It comes naturally from the personal encounter with Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. Even if you've been a Catholic all your life, it's never too late to meet Jesus in that personal way. Now, if we've actually had that personal encounter with Jesus, the other difficulties don't seem so bad. If you actually love Jesus, you're not going to be too worried about, you know, looking foolish on his behalf. Ask any dad the kind of crazy behaviors they get into just to get a smile out of their son or daughter. Ask any newlywed the kind of stupid things they're willing to do just to make their new spouse happy. When love is real and not merely selfish, we don't worry about ourselves and our appearance. As to the second concern, those who worry that they don't know enough, again, the solution isn't that complicated. Learn more. Again, we're, we're talking about love. If someone asked me, you know, what kind of thing does your kid like? And, and I can't answer. As a parent, shouldn't that drive me to find out? Or, or should I just be like, oh, I guess I'll never be good at that relationship? No, it, not if it matters to me at all. And this is an important point to make about Pentecost. The apostles were not theological sophisticates. They were not, for the most part, trained in philosophy, much less apologetics. They were simply working people who loved Jesus. That didn't stop them. It pushed them forward. You know, I imagine that the questions that people had in those early years led to deep thinking and searching and praying and ultimately the very robust and thoughtful answers that the church began to produce in her theological tradition in the following centuries. Sometimes we think that, that sharing the faith is all about sharing information, which requires then that we have all the answers memorized. But it's not first and foremost about sharing information. It's about sharing a person and a community centered on that person. The Divine Office from yesterday had this wonderful passage, uh, which comes from an anonymous author in sixth, sixth century Africa. He says, keep this feast then as members of the one body of Christ. It will be no empty festival for you if you really become what you are celebrating. For you are the members of that church which the Lord acknowledges as his own, being himself acknowledged by her, that same church which he fills with the Holy Spirit as she spreads throughout the world. 
He is like a bridegroom who never loses sight of his own bride. No one could ever deceive him by substituting some other woman. What a striking description of the church. This should fill us with confidence to boldly proclaim the salvation and the grace that we have received in Christ. Christ is our bridegroom, the beloved of our souls. He has committed himself to us, giving himself to us completely, holding nothing back. So the question for us as we celebrate this great feast is, how can we better return that great love? How can we share it? Christ has given us his spirit. What have we to fear? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Stolen Maniple podcast. For more information on our church and upcoming events, please visit Augustine of Canterbury.org. And don't forget to subscribe to hear future episodes.